This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of Travel is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. Hi, my name is Evelyn Badia, and I am from The Hosting Journey. What I love about travel is that you could do it any way you want. You can do it with no money, with a backpack, and find your way. Or you could do it five stars. And nowadays with Airbnb, you could find your way at someone's home or at a castle. From New York City, this is Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of technology and business in the travel industry. as an Airbnb host for the last seven years. Mm-hmm. And for about the last three years, I work as an Airbnb coach. Mm-hmm. So I teach people how to do Airbnb right. You made a career. I have You well, invented a career out of this arbitrage. <laughs> what about, let's call it the universe created that career. Yes. <laughs> because, you know, me making it is such a big thing. Yes. And the universe created that a career as an Airbnb host as well. Mm-hmm. I used to work as a producer for TV commercials. Is that right? Yes. That's what I did for over 20 years. Oh, we should have videotaped this. I know. You should have. <laughs> uh, so, okay. What what does being an Airbnb host entail? As an Airbnb... A coach. A host coach. Okay. Well, let's start with Airbnb hosting. I live with strangers. Professionally. Professionally. Hmm. I currently have an Airbnb house in Brooklyn, New York. You're more than welcome to come and stay with me. I host. We might be neighbors. We might be neighbors. Mm-hmm. And I host really, really well. Okay. And I started hosting when the economy shifted, as I like to call it, back in 2010, when Airbnb was not a verb like it is now. Mm. When people were like, Air, what? Mm-hmm. Um, and when my friends used to be like, you really want to live with strangers? But there wasn't much of a choice. It was either that or lose my house. So, and I'm always grateful and thankful that Airbnb... How did you learn about it initially? New York Times article. Huh. huh. This is when, yeah, I know, right? Um, Brian Chesky and Airbnb were not the bad <laughs> bad people that they are nowadays. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they were like the... the they were just coming out. It was 2010. Um, the economy shifted, collapsed. Careers were gone. I always worked as a freelancer for over 20 years, always in the film industry, commercials and documentaries and anything out there in the world. And I just could not get even a phone call returned. Hmm. And the months were going by and there was no work coming. And it was like, <laughs> when your therapist is calling you, instead of you calling your therapist, you know things are bad. <laughs> and I went for a job interview, and the job was, um, the interview was in May, and the job was not happening until August. And I was like, oh, no, this is bad. Something has to give. And I found an article, and it was, I moved out of my house. I gave up my room. Um, I had a roommate, and I gave up my room, and I moved in with a friend. 
And I started hosting. And my first guest was a professor of innovation from Amsterdam. Yes, you always remember your first. <laughs> and he returned back that summer with his wife, who was a chief of police from Amsterdam. Huh. I, know, right? I host well. <laughs> and so I continue producing. In 2010, I worked about five months. In 2011, I worked 20 days. On your on, on your As a film. producer. 20 days. The entire year. So all of your income at that point, or most of your income, was coming in through Airbnb hosting. Yes. I have a two-family home in Brooklyn, and my second, the second apartment, my tenant moved out. She lived in, from South, she was from South America. So you just doubled it up. And so I decided to, exactly, to just, well, let's just continue doing this. The work just wasn't there. Did you love it? Some people love hosting and some people are just doing it as, as you mentioned, a necessity for income, you know, supplemental income. I think, you know, what happens is like a lot of hosts start as a necessity and then you realize how fantastic life can be. You liked it. I did. Clearly. I clearly. Yeah, clearly. Well, the way my house is set up is really convenient for it. My guests get a private space. They get a living room and mm. a bedroom and their own entrance. Even though we share bathrooms and we share a kitchen, at least the ones that share with me. Um, then there's, there's another space that's totally private. Um, coming from the produ as a producer from TV commercials, and, and I worked, I mean, I went to film school. I went to NYU. I went to film school. This is this was my life. I I never thought that I was going to do anything else but film school, mm -hmm. um, but producing. Um, in film school, you know, as a producer, you do what needs to be done. You work sixteen-hour days, sometimes thirty-hour days. <laughs> you have a time to go in. You don't have a time to get out. You travel the world. It was a great life. It allowed me to buy my home. But there's no gratefulness. There's no appreciation for your job. In this, your guests love you. Mm -hmm. They love your home. They appreciate you. I remember my first gift from my guest. A gift? <laughs> A gift. Mm. From my second guest, it was, you know, some earrings and a necklace. It mm. was lovely. <laughs> no, and I cool. still have them. But now you you made significant business. Now uh, I think you made what like six figures in the second year actually doing this. I did not. Not the second year. Not the second year. Correct I just then. made enough got? to pay the bills. So when did it become significant? And and what are you attributing to that? But you know, hey, I made enough to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. You know, look, you know what happens. The, the interesting part with a career as an Airbnb host is that people are like. Oh, well, how much money are you making? And it's like, is it paying your bills? Yeah. Is your salary Because you're free enough? to do whatever you want at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so then I have way too much time on my hands. And I used to talk about Airbnb all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so then I became, I started doing triathlons because I was just like, oh my God, I have oh, That's cool. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, too much time yeah. on your hands. I wasn't producing. So I was like, okay, let me do triathlons. So at what point did this shift from casual hosting to effectively a full-time job? You know, the, for lack of better phrasing, a nine to five. And then from there, at what point did it turn into this, I'm really good at this. I'm going to turn it into a hosting coaching career. Because that I, feels like two steps. Well, you know, the interesting part, my lawyer 
<laughs> it always comes in your lawyer, right? Um, my lawyer, and, and it is interesting because I took it as a side business. I, and I tell this to hosts, you know, hosts see Airbnb, I call it the bartending job. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because you see it as like you're renting a room. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like, you know, like I am a woman of a certain age. Right. But, you know, when you're like in your 20s, you have a bartending job. Right. So like it's sort of like that side job. Mm -hmm. So that's if you're hosting and you're not thinking like nowadays hosts are like coming in with a business plan and arbitrage and I'm renting out 20 apartments. And but a lot of hosts who <laughs> are of a certain age might have a spare bedroom, might have kids that are in college I might not be thinking or might have that up extra apartment in the back or might have that extra apartment in their house and might think of doing it of like substitute, you know, some additional income. But then they realize, oh, I'm really making some good money on this. This is not just a couple of hundred dollars a month. This is a couple of thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes this is a six figure salary a year. And that's what happened. I never stopped hosting because the economy never picked up. Mm -hmm. And I kept producing. Then in, excuse me, in 2012, I got another producing job. But the salaries were never the same. I mean, mm -hmm. look, they talk about the economy. They just, they were never, the jobs were never the same. It was sort of like you went back into producing, but they wanted you to take a 20% cut. And you're like, okay, wait, hold on one second. My, I, my bills did not take a 20% cut. <laughs> my mortgage did not take a 20% cut. I, I still, so I had to continue Airbnb. Um, and I remember, I think it was in 2014, I did a 30-day gig for this company who did not pay me, who went bankrupt and did not pay me. It was like over $10,000. And all I remember was saying, Thank God I have Airbnb to pay mm -hmm. for my bills. So, so I don't have to pay and wait for that salary because I know that I'm covered. So to go back and use your, your own bartender example. That bartending job became yeah. my full-time job. But at what point did you decide, look, now I'm going to open a bartending school effectively? Exactly. So what happened out? was um, I would talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. And then my producing career became less and less. And it was like, that's not what I wanted to do anymore. There was just this point of like, I don't want to, I want to produce only when I want to. Mm -hmm. And there was an appreciation for what I wanted to do. Um, this, I also started seeing that there was more people talking to hosts but they were coming from a different point of view. Mm. The consultants, look, there's people talking to hosts right now. Mm -hmm. And they talk to hosts from this perception of like arbitrage mm -hmm. or rent out 20 apartments, don't own the property. I don't talk to those. Mm -hmm. That's not my, my business. I talk to people my age. I talk to women. I talk to the baby boomers who are not spoken to. And it was kind of funny. I was reading somebody's blog who was saying, oh, grandpa, you know, stop 
you know, giving out the keys and get on to, you know, it was talking about like smart locks. And I was like, ooh, I wonder who wrote this for him. Because this is a little insulting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, who has the properties are the grandparents. Yeah, he's home. He'll who, give you the key. Yeah. And no, but also who owns the properties right. are not the millennials. Never. Well. Not yet. Often not. Well, it's not yet. There are. There will be eventually, maybe or maybe not. But who has the properties are the people over forty, the people over fifty, and they were not being spoken to, and they host differently. They have a different criteria. Mm -hmm. So it became like I was already talking about Airbnb way too much. So it was like, okay, I'm talking about this. I wanted to find something else to do. It was just the obvious thing. Mm -hmm. um, and at that time, Airbnb had already, I was part of the Airbnb community and the founders had tapped me when the situation in New York was happening. Um, and, and we decided, we had, I know we had talked about not talking about New York, mm -hmm. but I was already talking about it here in New York. Mm -hmm. So I spoke at one of their conferences And I would talk about Airbnb. So it was like, just like, it just happened organically. I mean, it's clear. You get the sense that you have a, particularly, a particular affinity for Airbnb specifically. Um, and when you think about it, there are a lot of other short-term rental platforms in the marketplace. There's HomeAway. There's VRBO. There's Booking.com. Is there something other than this? Obviously, you know, this is your first love. Um, is there some reason you have this particular connection and affinity with Airbnb and not necessarily the others? Oh, I've thought about this way so much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is. Um, okay. A vacation rental owner mm -hmm. is a different mentality than an Airbnb host. Vacation rental owner has the money to buy a second vacation. Mm-hmm. For the most part, a host, at least back in 2010, and the original hosts or um, someone who's supplementing their income, who's supplementing their retirement, mm -hmm. comes out of necessity. Mm -hmm. Totally different than you having a property and not needing the income. So just think about the psychology of it. Mm -hmm. Think about need versus privilege. So at the time, Airbnb <laughs> was more of a necessity-based platform. Totally. And I don't think Airbnb would have taken off had it not been the, the economy has collapsed. Got it. So at the time, mm -hmm. say 2010, people weren't using, say, HomeAway in that manner. Not in, not in the hosting manner of like I'm sharing my – My house. Yeah. No. I mean, even with Airbnb, when they started, it was out of their own necessity. Exactly. It right? was so exactly. I mean, the, their rent went up. And exactly. They had their, to actually they guys, it out. Yeah. you know, the founders started because of their own necessity. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if they knew that it was going to come out like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't think there were own expectations. I don't think their dreams were like it was going to take off the way it did. Um, and, And it was like, and we've, I've discussed this and I've thought about this so much because there's like the mentality of a host is like, you're, 
renting your bed, your home, you're sharing your space. It's not this vacation home that is your parents mm -hmm. or this beach house or this, you know, <laughs> this other space that you bought for as a vacation rental, which is what normally happened before. You understand? So, mm -hmm. so that's what normally used to happen with the vacation rental spaces, with the homeaways, and with the VRVOs. Mm -hmm. It was you had this other space out there that Got was it. not living with you. Different. We're going to go into a quick break. And up next, we're going to talk about the shift that has been happening now that Airbnb is a go-to destination booking platform for travel and how that affects everything that you're doing. The superior audio quality on Mouth Media Network is powered by Sennheiser. And as a listener, you can receive a 25% discount on virtually any headphone, microphone, and other high-quality audio product available to purchase directly on the Sennheiser website. Just visit Sennheiser.com and enter the code MouthMediaSen, that's MouthMedia, S-E-N-N, at checkout. Keep up with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Our episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play and online at TravelIsYourBusiness.com. Plus, there are a lot more great shows on Mouth Media Network. Take a trip to MouthMediaNetwork.com to enjoy them all. And remember, we love fan mail. Drop us a note to say hi, suggest a guest, or if you'd like to become a sponsor on the show, email us at TravelBizShow at MouthMediaNetwork.com. So, Evelyn, earlier you'd mentioned that uh, you target and work with a lot of baby boomers, and it seemed to be in this more personalized, high-touch hosting manner. Is, am am yes. I reading that correctly? Yes. So now that Airbnb has been around, you started hosting in 2010. You know, we're seven years later. I know. How do you feel the markets changed? Do you feel like Airbnb still offers that personalized experience and it's the same as it was in 2010 when you first started hosting? Airbnb is trying to keep the individual hosts happy, but they're also targeting the vacation rental platforms, which are the bigger players. Mm -hmm. And the hotels, there are hotels in the platform right now. Mm hmm Yes. <laughs> yeah. So 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 it's sort of like for us host individuals, we feel like, wait, you who who are we competing with hotels right now? How can they be in the platform? But they are so they're moving more towards the booking.coms and the trip advisors. So it's moving away from this marketing of like individuality of like hosts and we're here. And one of the things that I do talk to my hosting community is they are a company. Mm -hmm. They are a platform, and this is your business. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like Airbnb is deliberately trying to become more like a hotel or yes. an OTA? 
Or do you think they're having an identity crisis where they want to have their cake and eat it too? Keep the host happy, maintain the personalized touch, but capture this separate market at the same time. I, you know, I wonder what's going to happen when the IPO happens. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And I wonder when the IPO is going to happen. Because I wonder, will the IPO happen before New York gets resolved? Will that happen? Can that happen? Um, New York's not the only one that's up in flux, though. There seem to be several, several cities that have their own resistances and things. But I think New York is such a big animal that I think it will influence, like it's sort of like the head, the big head mm-hmm. of the octopus, that it will influence the rest all of the, the little, all the legs. Well, it sets precedent, right? Exactly. And I've heard that. I mean, New we York thought it was San Paris. Francisco. Yeah. But San Francisco has been resolved, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> and then you 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 hear like one city is resolved, and then it kind of collapses in a way or sort of shifts and then kind of like Brandon can you give me an overhead uh, like an overview of what's happening in the the, the legal capacities in sure. whether it's San Fran or New York so my understanding uh, is with respect to New York uh, my understanding is that New York and Paris tend to jockey for position as Airbnb's most lucrative most active markets mm-hmm. and I think it would be difficult to imagine a world in which Airbnb would IPO before resolving the regulatory questions in what is often its largest market. Um, What you hear a lot is how do we handle this not now not so new phenomenon of home sharing Mm -hmm. Um, from the outside. You have uh, opponents on – well, people on all sides of the argument, some people saying, look, there are these people that Evelyn mentioned taking housing stock, you know, snatching it up to make money on the arbitrage. And what is the impact on the housing market that something like that would happen? Do we have to be concerned with it? Do we tax Airbnb? Because hotels pay considerable taxes. And if people look at not individual hosts, but hotel groups are not happy. They've never been happy. And if you look at that whole ecosystem, you say, look, there are 44,000 plus hosts on Airbnb in New York. And you have hotels paying, you know, room and occupancy taxes of, mm-hmm. I believe it's something like fifteen percent, and Airbnb hosts or guests or whoever you know remits those taxes are not paying them. Do you have, you know, an asymmetrical playing field? Of course, you're going to find resistance mm-hmm. from hotel groups, and then the burden shifts to the cities to say, well, how do we handle this? Do we tax them? At what rates? What will the impact be on the market? Are we going to have resistance from hosts? Are we going to stifle all the economic activity that's come of Airbnb without taxation? You know, if there are more affordable lodging, you know, options if somebody comes to New York, say that might have been a tourist that might not have otherwise come to New York. And if they come here because they can afford it and they spend, you know, 1500 bucks to be here plus whatever they're spending on Broadway shows and restaurants and things like that. You, you, you know, before it was, uh, you know, when it started, it was a way to save money on both ends of this transaction. But now it's an experience thing. When I I prefer to stay in Airbnb uh, properties when I travel. It's a different way of experiencing the city. I feel more at home there mm-hmm. um, in a place that is foreign. I don't feel that it's foreign. When yes. I'm, you know, and... That and, and to your point, how how does that this uh, potential regulation affect um, visitors? 
travelers, you know, um, maybe I would skip over in New York and go to another city that does permit well, Airbnb. I mean, it's also like, didn't. let's say, for example, I live in a residential neighborhood mm-hmm. where I get a lot of grandparents yeah. that come every single year. Which neighborhood are you in? I'm in Park Slope. In Park Slope. Beautiful. And what happens is this, is that they get to stay longer or they might be able to come twice a year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they get to be here. I mean, and they're with a fixed income. Again, baby yeah. boomers. Or <laughs> So, you yeah. know, they. I mean, but they have the income. They are on a fixed income, but they don't want to spend two, $300 in a hotel to to be in New York. They also don't want to stay with their kids because <laughs> <laughs> they want to have a vacation or they want to have a zen mm-hmm. space. Um, and so... It's it's a great space. I mean, I have I have Bill and Jody. They come. Mm-hmm. They've been with me for seven years, and they're already calling me for this year's <laughs> for next year's trip. So, you know, it's it's that experience. And of course, so so you sort of like. Well, let me ask you this: how many how many hotel properties are there in Park Slope? Oh, about five. Five total. Yeah. It, and and and, we, and we're talking about from my house is one a block away, mm-hmm. which I send business to, and it's they're busy, they're busy, but you know they don't have a kitchen, they don't have the the backyard, they don't have um, the amenities that I provide or anything like that. So I mean, it's look, hotels have a, a place, so do we. Absolutely, and you raise an interesting point about guests in two ways. First, you mentioned a kitchen. You know, that's certainly going to be a draw to some people. And it's I think that speaks to not only that comfort level of I'm staying in a home, but also to cost savings. You know, mm-hmm. if you're not eating out for every meal, you can extend your stay. What I'm more curious about now, though, is you said, look, these people will stay with me because they can't afford a hotel. And I want to go back to this point that we discussed. You started hosting in 2010. Now we're in 2017. Has the character of the guest changed? Are these people that would be looking and say, I would normally stay in a hotel, but I'm going to give Airbnb a try. Are these people generally diehard, you know, Airbnb guests? Has that dynamic changed at all in the last seven years for you? They have a little bit. Some of them have changed, but some Mm -hmm. of them have not. Um, my audience who stays at my home mm-hmm. tend to be family. I don't get because of my neighborhood, mm-hmm. so I get a lot of families. I look, I get a lot of grandparents. I get some young people, but not a lot. Okay. Um, just because I'm in the boroughs and I'm in a family neighborhood and everything else. Um, I get a lot of first time Airbnb guests, mm-hmm. but and for them, it's like wow. But my home is beautiful. <laughs> and don't once, sell yourself short. Oh, I do not, <laughs> oh, honey. When, once you do it well, you don't have to sell yourself short. Um, but and once I spoil them, once I go to another Airbnb property, they're like, "Oh, yeah, ooh, there's nothing like Evelyn's." So, so tell me about that. What but, what does that mean? What what do you do? That is that are the big differentiators between, say, you know, the run of the mill Airbnb and your hosting experience, which is one of the things I teach. It's like these are the things I teach is that cleanliness, you have to have a clean space Mm -hmm. and you have to clean like 
mama is visiting and you like your mother yeah, immaculate <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly but that you like your mom that's right okay i like that qualifier exactly let's let's <laughs> let's qualify that one okay your sheets that you had in college no they're not good enough puppy no <laughs> no no buy some new sheets and my recommendation are target they don't have to be you know big expensive target performance sheets hmm. threshold very good Yes, they go on sale every so often. You spend about $50. Okay. So they don't have to be huge quality, but they're good. They don't, have, you know, just buy some good sheets, buy some good towels, replace them often. Mm-hmm. You don't want to spend a lot of money because they will stain. <laughs> okay. And once they do, they got to go, yeah. Well, just remove the stains. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, you know, you don't want to be like, oh, my God. Because yeah. stains will happen. Um, Product in the bathroom? Yeah, make sure you have soap, shampoo. I recommend, I don't do bar soaps just because. So I do liquid soaps. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I would... But some people do. But I don't because I'm going to replace. Unless it's a new bar that I'm unwrapping. I probably exactly. Feel but they're just going to go to waste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's wasted exactly. product. Um. So. You want to create How about like candies an, and things. What what type of extra things are you doing to heighten the experience? Like what what elements? Oh, my are you house putting? manual rocks, baby. Your house manual rocks. It rocks so well that it gets reviewed. The uh, house manual. Uh huh. Tell me. Oh. And not only that, I actually is a product that I sell, but it's actually a it's a binder. Okay. From information about the neighborhood mm-hmm. and like the city restaurants in the neighborhood where to go what to do you know it's just like the things that you know about your neighborhood like yeah. hey nobody this is does. the coffee place to go to that's right this, versus the other three the, four, exactly yeah. mm-hmm. look if you go to this bagel shop get this yeah mm-hmm. if you go into have a birthday party go here or mm-hmm. this is the good bakery or like hey in send in in prosper park in the summertime these are the concerts Brooklyn Museum on the first Saturday is free. Go hang Go out. out. Go check it out. So these are the things that we know because we're New Yorkers or we're from Brooklyn. So if you tell your guests this information, they're having an amazing experience like a local. Hmm. Yeah. And so they love that. Hmm. And But for them to read a house manual, which is the best trick, is you give them information that they want, which is restaurants. <laughs> And things mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. So, yes, they read it and they rave about it. So, are there are there uh, what other tips and tricks can you give us right now? Um, another thing that I do is do not have an empty refrigerator. Okay. Just and encourage people to to dive just in give there. them some yeah. milk, some coffee, some tea. Just it's I you know I was I I did a an Airbnb in Colombia. And we arrived at 10 o'clock at night. I was with my mom and my brother. So it was a family trip. Beautiful three-bedroom apartment. We opened the fridge, empty. Nice and clean. Sparkling clean. Yeah. And now we have to find a place to go and buy stuff. No house manual, no guidebook, nothing. It was like, okay, where do we go? What to do? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, so it's like... So I get a lot of families. So for me, it's like I provide milk, I provide eggs, I provide bread, I provide mm-hmm. cereal. Because I get a lot of people arriving at midnight yeah. with kids. So at least when they wake up in the morning, 
they don't have to think like, what am I going to feed my child? <laughs> so just think about what would you like as a person when you wake up in the morning? Mm -hmm. And provide you, them. And provide it. And you don't have to go overboard, but just it's those little things. How about your pricing strategy? Not even yours, your client's pricing strategy. Well, pricing has changed a lot through the years, um, especially because of competition. And between everything that's happening, what you have to remember, politics take an effect. Um, weather changes, things, political things happen, and they change your prices. Mm -hmm. it, everything affects our business. So, um, so how are you monitoring that? How are you playing I, that seesaw game? I go daily and and or weekly and and change prices and and oh, adjust wow. it. Like right now, it's a slowish season. It's a weird season between October and Christmas. It goes kind of weird, um, and then it comes the slow season of January, February, March. But do you notice a difference if you did uh, the pricing of one hundred eighty nine versus two hundred nine? Um, you. Do and you don't. I do per guest and per uh per night. Mm -hmm. So that's my my own thing. I might be changing it this year, but I know I want to like hit a threshold of expenses that I have. Okay, so th that is completely relative to what's going on in your world, and exactly. but but you don't see any major spikes in demand if you're putting down maybe like one hundred ninety nine dollars versus again. Someone with a two in front of it, I'm 205. Booked. No, because I'm booked. Yeah. And, I mean, look, once you're booked, you're booked. So it all really depends. How do you drive review? How do you gain business if you have zero reviews, if you're just starting? Um, You have to, like, go between. If you're starting out, you have to have a lower um, price. You have to. You have to, because you have to start. What else do you need to do? Um, Because those first bookings are not going to be easy. And then you have to... Provide a great what you experience. have to remember is this: when Airbnb, when you start a listing on Airbnb, it's sort of like online dating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like your first couple of weeks, Airbnb puts you up on the first page. Oh, so, okay. so instead of like online dating, like <laughs> if you've done that kind of thing, mm -hmm. that they always put make you sure up. Make sure your picture's good. Yeah. Exactly. Make sure your picture's good. Make sure the like right. don't don't start with like bad pictures and everything because the first couple of weeks, it's like they're gonna have you up front. So, okay. start strong mm -hmm. and start right. So, have good pictures, have a good description, have some good house rules. Do you think that you need professional photography then? A lot of folks are doing that, and even their services for that. Yes, mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. Look, we're visual people, people, and guests don't read. Yep. But guess what? Guests gets, will look, they get excited, and they yeah. will get excited via the photos mm -hmm. so yes professional photographer but look you're starting out right and you don't know if you're gonna like it you might hate this or it might not be financially viable mm -hmm. you know if you might be in an area look right. i have a facebook group of over 2800 people for what for, for the hosting journey as oh, is a that coach. what's it called the hosting journey no is that is that only open to your clients or is that something no, that it's is an, an open, open forum okay. it's an open free group it's called the hosting journey and it's okay. for hosts and you don't have to be an airbnb host you could be in the vacation rental you could be vrbo anything like that and it's international it's everybody but i've had hosts who tell me i'm going to take a long-term tenant because it's just not worth you have to think about cleaning. You have to think about your time. That's a lot. And it's a lot. It takes time and effort. 
Now, you know, Brandon, to switch over to you. So with mm-hmm. Metro Butler, how can you alleviate? I know I, I, I want to talk about a yes. little bit how you can kind of plug into this ecosystem because it seems completely relevant. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a bit broad, but uh, we try to help hosts um, who I would say are, oh, I don't know how to say this delicately, sort of one step beyond where Evelyn's advice would be most helpful. Um, mm-hmm. It's people who struggle to host on their own or feel like it's just too intimidating because, frankly, getting started as an Airbnb host um, is a pretty daunting task. It's it's challenging. You know, you do have to do all these things that Evelyn said. You have to have great, crisp, clean sheets, great towels. Um, communication is key. You want really great photos. So that's what we do. We help new hosts and, you know, in a lot of cases, existing hosts uh, elevate their game. Mm. Do you stick with them through the whole journey? Like, are you basically their concierge then to to handle? For the guest or the host? For the host. Yeah, we're the, you know, they are, I hate to say this on air because we do take care of the guests, but the host really is our client. We're handholding every step of the way and we're doing all the things that they're not equipped to do. So, if you're a new host and you have upcoming business travel and you're gone for six weeks and you leave for two weeks and you know you have a booking that first two weeks, sure, you could clean your house, you could hire cleaners, you could make the beds, you could check those guests in. But what if somebody else wants to book the next two weeks? Who's there to let those guests in, to greet them, to, yeah. to communicate with them at three in the morning when mm-hmm. they lock themselves out of the apartment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Right. Oh, okay, there, so you have the concierge for. side on that yeah. side. Okay. Something always happens. Yeah, always. 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 Oh, my God. Yeah. My house decides to break every time I travel. Well, no, well, think about <laughs> even if, it, if, no. if you ever stay in a hotel, which I'm sure now you switch over to Airbnb. No, entirely. I stay at hotels. But there's so many times I call reception. There, yes. And there's always a, there's always a reason that I need to call reception. No, it's no, never no, room no. service. Oh, no, you know? no. So, and I stay in hotels. <laughs> Look, I yeah. think the hotels are good for certain things. Whenever I'm in a conference, my preference is a hotel. Mm. Like, where the hotel, where the conference is at. Right. I think, like, if I'm driving down, like, we did, a, we drove down, my family, we drove down to Florida. I stay at a hotel. Because mm-hmm. we tried doing an Airbnb, and it was horrible. Because it was like, oh my God, we don't know what time we're going to try there. And we might want to stop someplace and it else. And it was yeah. like, it's better to just get a hotel yeah. off the highway. If you have you a know? flight at midnight, you know, you might want the flexibility to leave the bags with the front desk, yeah. which, you know, exactly. which, not always an option with yeah. an Airbnb. Exactly. You know, I wanted, so something that is really interesting is you have 2,800 people on a Facebook page. Um, what other community work are you doing? I know you have a podcast yourself. Yes. But, can you tell us uh, other mechanisms in which you're communicating with your community and then engaging and inspiring that conversation? Well, um, one of the things that I do is also I do monthly webinars where I teach. Are these hosts. paid? No, they're okay. free. They've always been free. Um, where I have people like Brandon, mm-hmm. where we do classes for hosts. Oh, so an expert will come in and... Tackle Either. the big Talk questions to, like oh, how yeah. to do my taxes. <laughs> yeah, we did one with yeah, how to do your taxes. I had actually Chip Conley oh. from Airbnb mm-hmm. at the time that he was the head of hospitality hmm. back in 2015, where we talked about you know Airbnb and like things that he had learned and he gave cool. his insights. So different people for two years, I did a whole lot of like just monthly classes, mm-hmm. just because 
and and then during those classes, it was like, let me t- see your listing and give you some help tips on yeah. your listing. Only if you could take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it probably is a very personal thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. People Judging are someone's home. Yeah. yeah. And, and and exactly, and that's Absolutely. the other thing. It's like, dude, you're criticizing my house. You have yep. to have some thick skin because because <laughs> we've seen it all. <laughs> Because um, you you only do um, is Metropolitan only based in New York or a Metropolitan you know yeah the tri-state area tri-state. largely Manhattan Brooklyn is the where exactly our, so yeah. when I do the webinars it's worldwide so right. and there were some things that I was like oh okay wait <sighs> and on my first webinar there is a host who is a naturalist and he hosts clothing optional. <laughs> and he was like, so how do I tell my, my guests that clothing is optional in my house? And it was like, that was, that was his first thing. And I was like, uh, uh, let okay. Me, uh, let me be, think about this. No, I was like, be very clear on your description. <laughs> be very, yeah, that's it. You have to be very clear on your description. Post, post pictures. Front and center. Post pictures, yeah, that's right. No, let's not, for, let's not post pictures, yeah. but just be very clear on all your communication. So... <laughs> So that's the one thing. It's like always be very clear on what you offer and what you provide. So on the on the professional services side, so that's really interesting. And how to account for this new revenue stream is one way where, uh, you know, I, I did not anticipate that being something. Uh, but if it's clear as day once you say it. What other um, what other coaching are you doing? Uh, so say now someone's up and lifted. They're doing well. Um, what next? What other support can they receive? There will be you? course. There will be courses, and there will be, one of the things that I'm heading towards is a membership side. Okay. So, where we're the community, because what happens in Facebook is just like you might have questions and things like that. It gets lost. But if we have something else, a community that is more close based, we could be better. It could be a little bit better. So now for the. What it is, I presume, to be the most delicate question. Yes. Have you had any horror stories? Horror stories. There's always horror stories, and people always <laughs> want the horror stories. They never want the good stories. The horror stories are the good stories. Okay. So there's the horror. <laughs> yep. Which ones do you want? The horror stories on the guest side? Or Whatever that? side you want. All of them. Okay. So, you know, okay. So people always want to know if I've seen guests naked. Mm-hmm. And the interesting part is they've seen me naked. You put that in your listing. It's you actually excited? a blog post on. That? It's actually a blog post on my on my website on how they ended up seeing me naked. <laughs> so I provide in, in only this one is, or multiple. Like they, you're giving them a pathway to seeing you naked. Like what is? So what <laughs> happened? <laughs> yeah, I can tell you what happened. So what happened was basically I was I thought the guests were gone, and mm. I was cleaning my bathroom and I cleaned up naked. Yeah, yeah. Because you know it was the shower. I had been watching Risky Business and no. <laughs> And I provide robes for my guests because I have I I I'm an equal opportunity mm. host. I don't care if you, it's a man or women. Yep. I don't I don't care. Um, and he opened the bathroom door because I didn't lock it. So lock your bathroom door, and there I was. <laughs> yeah. So he saw me naked. Did you have a conversation? Not at that moment. Not at the moment. Okay. That's what I But meant, afterwards, really. yes, he laughed. He was like, so the ropes are only for us, right? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Indeed. 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 They're indeed. here for you. They're here for you. Not and me. how about on your side? Have you ever had, I mean, you've been doing this a long time. Certainly you've had a nightmare guest or a nightmare experience once or twice along the way. I've had challenging guests. Okay. 
I like that. I've made them Very cry. Diplomatic. Yes. The best thing to say is I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so what's an example of a guest who disappointed you? Um, she brought home a stranger. Hmm. And in a shared space is not allowed. I'm like, look, mama, if anybody's bringing home a stranger, it's only me. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed. <laughs> I don't want to know. I want to know. Rubs. Well, I want to know who I'm waking up next to. Come on, girl. <laughs> no, and I had told her. I said to her, I knew she was going to be trouble. And um, the girl was drinking a little bit too much already. Like one night, she called me. She's like, I can't get into the house. And I look out the window and she was one house down next door like trying to get in i'm like you're in the wrong house mm. and so then I, that day i was like i know you're going out if you you're more than welcome to stay wherever you're at going just don't bring home anybody that you don't know don't bring home a stranger don't bring home because my whole thing is like look you're welcome two people welcome to stay home but just i don't like you know strangers so perhaps she construed that to mean, well, once he and I had been acquainted no. for three hours. No, <laughs> no, I'd like to know them beforehand, please. Oh, yeah. I'm not a hotel. <laughs> so in the grand scheme of things, that seems like, you know, it's not not perfect, but not the worst thing that could have happened. No, I mean, I did have somebody burn like a window. Um, the, he burned me. What did he burn? He, he it was like a wood thing in the backyard. But he replaced it. That's it wasn't nice. a fire fire. Yeah. I mean, you hear these. Uh, you, if you think about the grand scheme of Airbnb, no. there must be millions and millions and millions of bookings and things like that. And the ones that seem to make headlines or into the press are like the two or three of those millions where it's like someone threw some crazy yes. party or something. So it's good to hear that I you've live been at fortunate. Home. Yeah, not to I, have that. I think a lot of it has to do because I am home You're there, with my yeah. guests. Are you Absolutely. there all the time or are there yes. other times? Oh, okay. So uh, well, and if when, if when I'm not home, mm -hmm. I normally have someone stay there. Ah, okay. Yeah. Perfect. Well, um, I do see some snacks over there. So what were you so kind to bring us today? Ah, so I was going to bake, but, you know, like a time. So instead I brought you chocolate. All right. So I brought you two kinds. I went dark chocolate. So very, you know, organic, of course. So green and black, very classic, your classic dark 70% chocolate. And then I went a little bit more um, fun, which is dark chocolate, but with pink Himalayan salt. Ooh, yum. Exactly. Now look at the interesting packaging. Still chocolate. Mm -hmm. And now let's talk about packaging and marketing, right? <laughs> <laughs> and like how much, and look how you went like, oh, fun. The chocolate on the right is Evelyn's home. Like, <laughs> home. And then like just a standard. Generic, everyone else's Airbnb. Exactly. So <laughs> so look how like like just like marketing and fun and just like a little bit of, of pizzazz adds to your Airbnb. Yeah. Excellent. And I actually got it just because of that. I, I I actually got something very same and then different because I thought marketing and how just something a little bit different adds so much to it. Perfect. Well, we're going to break those open, try some uh, dark and sea salted, pink Himalayan sea salted chocolate. <laughs> and uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking to Evelyn 
Well, we're going to get to know the more personal side of Evelyn. Welcome to the All Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. I had a successful career, an Ivy League education, and led a very rational life. Several years ago, I had a spiritual awakening, developed psychic gifts, and decided to dedicate my life to pursue my purpose and empower others. I'm hungry to learn even more about the incredible potential of the human mind and spirit. On this podcast, I talk to entrepreneurs, executives, scientists, and leaders to hear their stories of transformation, the science behind them, and what it means for you to unlock your potential in your life and career. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. Yeah, it's time to to get to know you a little bit more. So we talked about you being naked in front of people. Um, (laughs) Let's try to get personal now. Let's get personal. (laughs) (laughs) Naked in front of people. How comfortable are you at home uh, being intimate with other folks? So how, you know, you have to make the income that you make on Airbnb, that means, and your home all the time, that means you ha- you are living there with other people that rotate in and out. You never get that real personal relationship except for the the frequent return customers that you have. But how does your intimate, how does your personal life oh. navigate around being a host of Airbnb. Well, it's kind of funny because at the beginning, I used to be very like separate. Like I would not have friends over and I wanted to keep that separate between like the guests were like having that space. Mm. Now, mm. oh my God, I still don't care. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh my God, no, yes. Now I have a life and I have mm. a life in my house. Um, like you're cooking with, I with cooking, friends. And... Oh, yeah. I cook. I have dinners. I have parties. I invite my guests. Oh, is that right? Oh, totally. That's now cool. I'm like, I have a life in mm. my house. And I let them know. They might want to be part of it or not. So. um, Do you think that that resonates more with folks? I don't know. Who I, knows? Yeah. Uh, it's my life. I'm yeah, like, you. I'm, it's my life and you're part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, totally. Because. Mm. Um, just because you cannot look, they have their space. I mean, and what happens is in my home, they they have almost an apartment, yeah. even the shared space, because they get their own living room and they have their own mm-hmm. bedroom. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm having a gathering downstairs, I'm like, look, you're welcome to partay, or not. The interesting part is dating, and the interesting part is you having a balance of life. And because I work from home, I'm very, in my description, I'm very clear, like, I want people that are exploring New York. Yeah, yeah, go out. <laughs> yes, please go out. Because even if they are in, this, in their own space, you could feel that presence of, in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a guest who, oh my gosh, she never left the house. And I was like, oh, Lord, Jesus. Why are please. you here? No. Why are you here? Just go. Go away. <laughs> Just go home. Go go out. 
but she loved the house and she didn't want to leave. The beauty of it is they'll be gone in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. They're not there for that long. It's not like a roommate that they that you stuck with them. Um, so so there's that. Um, I also have friends that spend the night and I, so I have a sofa bed downstairs and I tell my guests like, Hey, my friends are spending the night. It's okay. And just, it's not permission. It's just letting them know. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm asking for permission. It's more like, I'm just informing you yeah. of this is happening. You know, so, so there's a difference between permission and informing somebody. And largely your guests have reacted positively to this i mean certainly if they're joining you for dinner parties <laughs> yes they are and i don't know depends if they... on the quality of the food though exactly depends on the quality and the food is always How is good it? <laughs> the food is always good i i come on i have foodie friends my friends like mm -hmm. they have commercial kitchens they have like products that they yeah. create and things like that so so it's always delicious um but Yes, it, it's you, and as, as, a, as a brand new host, I understand this, this fear of you not wanting to, it's creating that balance between your guests and yourself. Um, and you wanted to not step on, step on boundaries. And it is really hard. That's one of the biggest things and challenges that hosts that share space with guests have is creating house rules and boundaries with guests i have one of the oh uh, the biggest things with on my podcast was one about avocados because my guests ate my avocado <laughs> shits ain't cheap thank you mm -hmm. and i was and, and you know one it's once one is ripe and you're like jonesing for it yeah. and waiting for it and i woke up and because he shared my kitchen and, and it was like I had eaten half of it and the other half was like waiting for me. And he and I woke up and I was just doing something else. And then he was like, oh, yeah, no, I had the avocado. Look at that longing was, twinkle in your eyes as you talk about avocados. Thank you. You're just like, you stopped what you were doing. And, you, and he was yeah. like, and I was like, what? You you ate my avocado? He was like, oh, I'll go to the store and replace it. And so I'm you, like, you tell them like, you could have what? everything in the fridge. Everything in the fridge. No, I don't. They have a shelf. They have their own shelf. Okay. They have a shelf. All I right, provide So the avocado things. is clearly off limits. And the avocado is clearly off. And when he said he, and he was a host who was staying at my house as a mm. guest, he should have known better. And I had just started the podcast. I think I was just writing my episodes. And I said to him, you know, I'm going to write about this. <laughs> I forewarned him because he was like, I'll buy you chocolate. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. You just, you have my avocado. What the hell? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you just cross boundaries and lines that, you know, like, and what do you do? <laughs> you cannot just go to the store and buy a ripe avocado. You, no. you have to wait days. Do, for the, this. Well, do these uh, things make their way into your guest reviews? Like, <laughs> lovely guest, but ate my personal avocado. <laughs> exactly, exactly. By the way, next time you're picking up a avocado and yes. you want it in a rush, put it in a brown paper bag overnight. Okay, thank you. It'll ripen almost immediately. Thank you. Wow. Brown paper bag. So now we have to have a stash of brown paper bags. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got you. But it has to be brown. Question? So, you know, we've heard a lot about your personal life and the way it inter interweaves with, you know, now your professional life. Uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Where Where do you see this going or yourself five years, ten years from now? TV show. TV show. 
What about would the TV show be? Oh. Scripted, unscripted? No, it'll be scripted. I like fiction. So I have done, I've directed a couple of short films. Mm-hmm. I come from the film industry, so. Yeah. So you, you would, you'd like to get back into doing producing again or um, writing? No, not producing. I would like to be directing. I like to be creating content. Okay. And so there's actually a script that made it all the way to Hollywood. There was a whole idea about Airbnb. And, Makes sense. And so this is something that's brewing. Okay. <laughs> and so the idea is create content, original content. Surround, around your personal experiences? or you Exactly. Know, okay, you've exactly. got mail about Airbnb hosting. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but more than that, um, and actually the whole idea is creating this. I have also an idea with another product beyond Airbnb, non, non-Airbnb rela- related is with another company with a whole different kind of product. Mm-hmm. Um, I like creating communities. Um, and so on Saturdays, <laughs> I sell sauce. At like for, a farmer's market? At a farmer's market. Which That's one? great. Fort Green? I'm sorry? Fort Green? I, I'm actually going to be there tomorrow. Are you really? What yes, kind, so what I'm going to be sauce? freezing my ass. I'll stop by. Stop by. I live right down the block. Okay, come on yeah. down. Uh, City Sorcery. Um, so my friends have, um, Jorge Michael, have a company called the City Sorcery. And they produce these sauces. And so I love their company. They've been at it for six years. And a couple of months back, they asked me to help them out at the Chili Festival at the Botanical Garden. And I'm really good at it. Hmm. I could sell. At, sell. at selling sauce? I am. Sorry. Do you make the sauce with them? I don't make the sauce. Tell me. T- <laughs> What's in the sauce? <laughs> well, actually, there's one particular sauce which won the Oscars of the food industry. First of all, I love the fact that that exists. Okay. Go, continue. All right. Like the one, like the Sophie Awards is called. Uh-huh. So this one particular is called the Tomato and And I always kill the name. I can never pronounce it right. He's going to kill me for it. So it won the Oscars. Okay. So I was the saucy girl at this festival. And I was so good. I, we sold out like at three o'clock. And the festival was like going until like five. So with these awards, do they have like the... Yes. Are there ceremony where they say there's so many people to thank? I'd like to, you know, thank everyone. I don't know, man. <laughs> and I kept telling him, man, I was like, I'm like, I want a life size of this thing like for us to take to the festivals. <laughs> um, so they sell the this... They, they're actually in Whole Foods as well. It's not like they're just like, right. you know. But they, they sell on the festivals. Cool. Um as well at the markets and for the last they had asked me to help out their mom the mom is part of their company and i started selling at the market <laughs> and so on saturdays that's what you do i do that all right this is the, tomorrow well, this like, is the flexibility that you get with being an airbnb host and having your things covered so now so that's one of the things you i do also, what you want to do so in i was in cuba in the february and did a triathlon this is mm-hmm. my fourth one wow um, and also another thing that, you know, and I'm going to be talking about this in an episode is about there was some a bunch of health issues that I've had this year. Um, and I'm going to get serious on this because one of the things that Airbnb created was the flexibility to be able to deal with your life. Mm-hmm. That if I was to have a traditional nine to five job, I would have been fired. 
I was able to, sometimes I had to go to doctor's appointment four times a week. And I was able to manage them around my guests and around my life. And because we're entrepreneurs, we're able to do that. Because people don't see themselves as hosts, as entrepreneurs, as business people, but we are. And me, and now more than ever, I mean, I have a cleaning person, so I don't really, you know, I deal with guests, but not a lot. Um, so it's, it's that. Mm-hmm. But I do love marketing, and I love the idea of what is it that makes us stick? What makes people want to stay in my house? What makes them happy? What makes them grateful? What made you pick that chocolate instead of the other? Uh, it was the pink Him- Himalayan sea salt. If, so you if are the asking. pink Himalayan sea salt of Airbnb. <laughs> the hosts. one, the one had <laughs> pink Himalayan sea salt. The other one did not have pink. Himalayan exactly. Sea salt. So it was just that one thing. Yeah. And so when I sell the sauce on Saturdays, you might as well have the pink Himalayan sea what salt. What I tell in. people is because we sell um, one of them is called ugly sauce, right? Yeah. We make we take the ugly tomatoes and we make amazing sauce. Exactly. That's and that's good. all I have to say. And that sauce is just a few products. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. What is uh, the best way that people can connect with you and the work that you're doing? You can reach me at thehostingjourney.com. And the podcast is The Hosting Journey. Mm-hmm. And everything is The Hosting Journey. The Hosting Journey. Good deal. Yes. Evelyn, thank you so much for being on mic with us today. And thank you so much for having me. This has been yeah. so much fun, guys. Cool. Thank you so, so much. It's for been our so great. Guest co host, uh, Brandon, thanks for coming through. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I am Papa Ball, and uh, really appreciate you uh, being with us. Thank you, guys. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for sharing chocolate. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I hope you enjoyed your stay. This has been Travel Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show, or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at travelisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, travelisyourbusiness.com. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.